Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Brett, Ed, Fran, Johnny, Matt and Paul, helping you to build more muscle and to lose weight with a hint of banter and a dash of humour. Enjoy this week's episode. Probably gonna get kicked off um, iTunes for that. I reckon copyright. Definitely copyright. Although people always like link in bits of music and stuff, don't they? So well, we've got a copyright intro which we haven't been done for yet. Please don't do us iTunes. <laughs> yeah. or, or panic 100- the disco. Please don't sue us. <laughs> Hundred and fifty episodes in. God, imagine if they charged us like a couple of quid for each one. Well, the worst yeah. thing would be like, yeah, we've got to take all of your episodes down. and You've got to re-upload them without the the copyright being like, oh, what? be an inconvenience um it'd be impossible because i don't believe that we have the files any longer no i've definitely definitely deleted all the ones that i uploaded which were probably the first 80 or 90 no uh, you didn't do that many no chance 70 30 no i definitely did more than 30 no 30 at best 40 but more like 30 i reckon and regardless anyway the only way as neither of us have got them would be to have to re-record the audio or download rip the audio somehow and then delete the front off and redo it all again that would be annoying yeah you can do that you're uh, you're in charge of the podcast mate (laughs) just uh, pass that duty over now (laughs) it's always my podcast from the start remember remember those jokes from um who was it who was it? I can't remember. Someone made a joke saying, oh, look, Brett's got a new podcast and you lot all got ratty. I was like, hold on. It's not his podcast, you know. <laughs> We're in it together. Yeah. I can't remember who it was, actually. Oh, well. Um, how the devil are you? Anymore. No, probably not, mate. <laughs> to be fair, if, if well, assume they have stopped, it's like at least 25% of our membership now on. Well, exactly. So, yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. We'll just uh, keep talking to ourselves. It's all good. It's all good. So, what's been happening since last week? Uh, Well, give you an update on the injury, shall I? Oh, yes, the injury. Uh, um, I've been saying all week, I won't play at the weekend. I won't play at the weekend. I won't play at the weekend. I've probably played about 80% of the game. (laughs) Wow, that's ridiculous. I know. Uh, To be fair, it felt all right. So, it's eased up every day, sort of, as the week's gone on. Um... (laughs) And the sort of like the calf pain went, but I've had like a bit of a, a basic like a tightness down the back of my knee joints. So yeah, probably some sort of ligament sort of tweaking. Um, well, I, I'm go- I'm going to shout out Chelsea here to say get in touch because um, bear in mind that this episode was spurred by her request as well. I well, think, exactly. I think yeah. she deserves to return the favour, pay back in kind, and um, give you some advice on said thing. She probably will well, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So it it feels tight, but I've got no range of motion kind of uh, issues at all. Um, but uh, I certainly won't be doing the splits anytime soon. Um, but remind, uh, yeah. r- r- remind me where this injury is. Well, it was kind of my knee, calf, and ankle all in one. The ankle's fine. Calf is mostly fine, but kind of down the back of my knee, uh, it just feels feels tight and feels achy. <laughs> Um, hmm. probably shouldn't have played on Saturday but I, I did um, well I, I'm a little uh, fearful when it comes to knee joints bear in mind obviously I had ACL say mm-hmm. obviously obviously I had ACL you know, um, I had ACL surgery and the same problem is that 
or sorry, I had the same mentality which resulted in the problem, which it now sounds like you have, yeah. and that I couldn't stop playing. Yeah, now, yeah. Now in just, hindsight, yeah. Mm. I had to go go to the game anyway, and obviously with captain in the team as well. So I was like, I put on my trackies and everything. I said, right, I'll warm up and see how I go, and you know, I'll just kind of be with the lads for for the warm up and everything. Um, put myself on the bench to start off with. Then one of the other defenders was playing really bad, so I pulled him off after five minutes and put myself on. I bet you did. So well, you know, that was. Uh, you don't want to know about after the game as well on the yeah. shows. Uh, yeah. Pull them off after five minutes. Well, yeah. Jesus Christ. So, um, yeah. So no, no, but it feels fine though. I was expecting it to be in agony today, or at least it be sort of tight today. But no, like feels better than it did yesterday morning. So um, very yeah. strange. Well, Chelsea, get in touch. Come on. Yeah, speak to Ed. She, on. You can you can explain some of your symptoms or what's kind of happened for it, and she can try and give you some sort of diagnosis. Yesterday I went to Alex's game. She's got two physios on her team, uh, and um, we're sat in the the pub afterwards when they go back to wherever for the food at the because it was an away game. And uh, I, I I kind of wanted to be that guy, but I didn't want to be that guy. I'd be like, so yeah, so I've got this uh, this niggling knee. Um, <laughs> any ideas what it is? Um, and get like a free consultation out of both of them because um, I hate it when no, I, I hate it when you that's all people talk to you about like the you know they find out you do nutrition stuff and it's like oh what can i do to lose weight and like it, it's <laughs> i don't hate it but at the same time like when you're trying to have like a social whatever chat and um and that and you're just like oh can we not talk about work now <laughs> so it's just uh, best to stay away from the conversations with people that they are something but they don't really want to hear an answer exactly yeah 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 it's, it's always the ones that aren't really too bothered what you're going to reply and say and um, they're just well, trying to make conversation. E- uh, e- even if they are in the moment, you know full well that they are not going to pay any attention after kind of that moment is over. That's generally what happens. Prime example, yeah. prime example is conference I went to during the week last week in London, and uh, it was a corporate conference to do with my corporate job. <laughs> and there was a guy in the middle that uh, I, I don't basically he was like a bit like a corporate speaker, but his kind of theme was about building resilience. Um, the part of the resilience was kind of physical, emotional, and whatever else. But the physical bit, he was talking about some habits in terms of kind of making people feel better. Now, most of it, to be fair, was actually pretty good in terms of it was quite good information on sleep, on avoiding alcohol, um, and just kind of general like being active and stuff. Like you, you, you wouldn't really say because I had quite a few people because they obviously know about my other interests, i.e., this job and other stuff. That oh, what did you think? That I bet you were cringing, weren't you? And I was like, well, actually, he was all right. You know, most of the stuff he said, the only thing he did say, he made one comment about around um, like carbohydrates and digestion and, oh, well, you get sleepy after you eat because, you know, you eat all the carbs and your blood rushes to your stomach and then therefore your brain is starved of, of blood and oxygen. I was like, mm, not sure that's entirely true. However, and I just want to shout and stand up and shout, postprandial solemnance. Which is one of the most hardest things to say in the world. Um, Especially and, when you're trying to shout it out in front of a room yeah, full of people. Yeah, 200, 200 people in an auditorium. But, <laughs> You'd have jumped uh, up and gone... <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyway, point being is like, these people that asked me about it when I said like, yeah, it's pretty good. I said the issue is, and like this is something that we find in terms of you know our, our job in nutrition... It's so difficult to actually get people to do stuff, to change. Like, especially in like just 
60 minute or like I don't think he had like and 90 minutes in total it's 30 minutes before lunch and 60 minutes after and albeit some of the stuff is obviously you know oh you know don't don't be on your phone before bed and just don't drink alcohol and therefore disrupt sleep cycles and stuff like that if anyone's drinking alcohol every night or if people are into the habit of taking their phone to bed the likelihood is 99.9% of people are going to go away and think oh that was really yeah it sounded really like I shouldn't do that but I knew that already but I still do it so I'm going to carry on doing it yeah, and 100%. as I said, in this job, one of the biggest challenges we have is not necessarily about people knowing or not knowing. It's about that behaviour change and actually getting people to change their behaviours. Yeah, one of the best courses I've ever been on was a behaviour change course because there's so much you can learn in that. To um, to that, because you you can keep reading the same nutrition information, but like I say, if you can't get people to change and change their habits and all that sort of stuff. They're never going to do it. It is useless. I've got two CBT books on my bookshelf, which, to be fair, I haven't really started to read. I flicked through and picked out a couple of bits, but I really want to dedicate some time to going through them. Um, There's also someone, I can't remember who, two authors, a a guy and a girl, wrote a a CBT book in like the perspective from the fitness industry. I really want to get that. I can't remember what it's called, and I can't remember who the authors are, but... I've got a screenshot on my phone about it, but it, that that's the sort of stuff I think for anyone practicing or you know a practitioner in this industry, you'd learn probably a lot lot more from those types of books and that like CBT type stuff than you will do, I guess from most nutrition books or courses. Um, assuming you understand the basics of like you know energy balance and kind of general stuff, but yeah, 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 yeah. no, good, good. So, where was your story going? That was it, really. Just to sound about oh. the dude um, said about you know basic habits, and my my point was that yeah, you can tell people, but they probably won't do it because most people know already that they shouldn't be drinking wine every night. And... Yeah, it's funny when you get, especially people who kind of come back to you. And I know we both sort of recently had clients come back to us who have worked with us before. Yeah, Quite yeah. The... Speak, speaking of clients that came back to me and worked for, he listened last week, and I got a text message saying you're. I can't remember what he's, but basically derogatory towards me because I think I called him a wanker. Um, <laughs> I got a load of figures up emoji, so Tom was not particularly happy. Um, so I had to apologise to him. Say you're not really a wanker. Well, a bit of a wanker, but not really a wanker. Um, but you can guarantee the first few weeks is going to be a case of right. Well, let's just get back on track of where we were before. Let's get back into those habits that we created before. Because if they still were doing those habits then they wouldn't be coming back to you for help uh, unless their goals had shifted. Yeah, uh, no, true. No, fair point. And obviously the case, I think a lot of people just, we've said it enough times, just need a bit of accountability to stick to those habits. Um, yeah. I, ideally, that wouldn't be the case and you would obviously be working with people to a point where they are become completely um, autonomous and um, self, not efficient, self something or other, self, uh, self, uh, I don't know. Um, but obviously, for some people, it's a, a, such a huge job. It's it's years of working with people to get to that point. It's the, or years of working on themselves. You know, even whether if they're working with people or not, it's years and years and years to get into something where you're you know kind of like consistently um, demonstrating the behaviours that we ask for that people know are the things they should be doing if they want to achieve their health and kind of their physical goals. Mm. There's not many people who continuously kind of maintain it after they've reached their goal so if they've you know reached their required weight loss or whatever they they wanted to do there's not many people who then kind of keep up that that maintenance and keep up the uh the well the habits and and keep it off Uh, i think 
I think I think there's just some people's personalities I guess just lend themselves better to that type of stuff like I've joked enough times about me being a bit of a robot maybe my personality just really suits consistency and that just kind of routine and consistency like I've been I've been known to be called a little boring but it's, you're not that little hey, 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 my, well not you're right seven inches at least uh, <laughs> oh, I, I wish um, yeah I'm, I'm, I've been known to be called boring but I just think I'm content in routine and it just suits my personality and maybe mm. that's why like I find for the most part things like dieting pretty easy um Maybe why I find like massing a little harder because quite often when you're massing the training bit, I never have a problem with. Like I get all my sessions done, but sometimes the, the nutrition side is a bit more difficult because you obviously have more flexibility and more freedom, uh, different food choices. That comes with its own issues. We obviously covered a lot of that stuff in terms of food variety and things um, in last week's episode. But that can sometimes be like, oh, it just throws me out of sync a little bit because I've kind of, you know, I'm no, I don't have to be in the routine I have to be in when I'm massing than compared to when I'm dieting. Like you can get away with being more flexible, and I think sometimes that can actually be work against against me rather than, than for me. Do you think maybe it's because you're a, a little OCD, so that kind of stuff suits you a bit better? I don't know, maybe, maybe a little bit. I'm not not entirely sure. I would use those that acronym. Um, maybe, maybe a little bit. Maybe, I mean, maybe there's some personality traits there where even if you want to call it OCD or not, there's some personality traits there where I am maybe particular or stuff or or just you know maybe it does lend itself to that's why routine so like important for me for success so mm. so why, why like i go on about behavior change and routine and consistency for so many people because like we know consistency is what will get people results like no, no nothing special we know that as boring as it is doing the same shit week on week on week on week is what's going to get people the results that they want but it's kind of like well can people find something in that consistency to create a routine or sorry, can they find a routine to create that consistency? Something that they're going to be, you know, lend itself to its adherence. I used the word turn lend itself quite a lot this afternoon or this, this evening already. I think it's the fourth time I've clocked myself saying that <laughs> phrase of the day, but you know what I mean? Obviously like it's, mm. that's what it's about and it's boring as hell, but you know, that if whether you've got that person or not, that you do need to almost find that consistency in that routine. Um, in one way shape or form or one or in one stretch because that's what's going to get people results absolutely not absolutely your, not your skinny teas or your skinny coffees or your slim roasts or your love eggs oh yeah jade eggs yeah <laughs> what were they called again? Goop, goop, something. What were they called? Uh, y- y- yogi eggs or something. Y- yogi, be- it might have been yogi eggs. Yogi bear eggs. <laughs> <Yogi bear> eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Uh, All right. Anything else to update? Anything interesting? What are we on? Fourteen weeks of holiday, something like that. Have I made that number? Yeah, yeah. I've had a good week of dieting actually. Have you had a fucking massive Chinese last night? Yeah, but I hadn't eaten much all day, and I haven't eaten much today, so. Yeah, so you know, counted for it, and oh, it was okay. homemade as well. It wasn't bought in. So, had, had you actually counted for it, though? Well, I hadn't counted it, but I, I haven't really counted anything all week. But I've, I've, I've kind of loosely tracked. So I've probably tracked. Well, I have tracked all the day, and then my evening meal. I've kind of in my head gone right. Okay, that's this, this, and this, and then I've been way. I've set myself two thousand two hundred calories, um, and I've been under two thousand calories most days. Did you? Um, uh, did so. you? Did you get my? Uh, my fitness pal comment 
Uh, I haven't looked. I think it said something like keep up because I saw a seven day streak. I was like, oh, seven days on oh my. Oh goodness. yeah, well, no, I haven't been. I didn't go on it yesterday, so I'll definitely have ruined that. Oh, uh, right. You just yeah. said you tracked all your days, and now you're now you're. Oh no no no! Days. Yeah, I'm on a seven day streak. Yeah, oh, it's still there. I must have been on by accidentally. Um, no, I, did, I didn't track yesterday because I had that Chinese. Um, but um, oh right, so you had a Chinese. I, so I didn't bother tracking. Oh, you set a rate 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 good example for your clients, don't you? Well, no, but I have though, because yeah, I've tracked all week. Yeah, I've done I had a really good five days, and then I've had a binge for two days. Yeah, that's how you do it. <laughs> no, I've um, I, I I tracked kind of in my head because uh, I wasn't. Gonna... <laughs> I like I like the fact that we blatantly caught you out live. <laughs> no, no, you you know full well that you can track in your head, can't you? When you've done it for years, you can kind of go right. Okay, that's that. That's that. That's that, and you know, don't you say? So, well, yeah. Yes, but it's never that accurate, Edward. It's not always accurate as actually tracking it. No, I, 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 I fully accept that. But um, yeah, I hadn't eaten a great deal throughout the day because I wasn't intending on playing hockey, so I didn't have any breakfast. Um, I had a, a, a bacon panini for lunch, so you know, I don't, well, however much cheese was on there, but you know, it's not ridiculous high in calories. Um, round of toast. And then I played hockey and did, you know, 12,000 steps for me day and, um, yeah, the, the Chinese. Okay. So. All right. um, I've just, do you know what streak I'm on? Go on. 1,505 days. Nice. nice. I haven't obviously tracked all of those days. Well, I was going to say, you've just been logging in for those days. Well, so, so, <laughs> You didn't track for six months. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, three months. Yeah, I didn't track for three, uh, October, November, December, January. Oh, actually, you're not far off. Yeah, four months. Didn't yeah. track for four months, but I did log in every day just to keep my streak going. Um, o- so, o- o- so maybe you're right, OCD much? Um, <laughs> uh, I, and I don't track holidays. I didn't track over Christmas, although that was part of the experiment, so of course I didn't mm. track over Christmas. Um, some other occasions, sometimes I don't track. Sometimes I only track protein. Sometimes I only track calories. Sometimes it changes, depending upon my mood. Yeah, but, yeah so um, 1,505 days. That- <laughs> This sounds fucking crazy. Four point one two three two eight seven six seven years. Over four years. That's outrageous. I've not missed a day of logging into my account. That is, yeah, OCD, you know mate. That's even more crazy. Go on. Have I not? Have I had access to the internet every one of those days? There must have been a that's, day where I've like yeah, not had access the... to the internet. Well, yeah, because I, I didn't go onto my first pal at all yesterday. At all. Yeah, it still got me down as seven day streak are you sure you didn't just actually you might because something it comes up little reminders doesn't it to say oh you've not logged in today log in to keep your streak and if you accidentally click on it i'll log you in stuff like that so it might no, have just gone enough to go in I've turned off or maybe you did it after midnight the day before maybe something no because like i go to sleep way before midnight so well i don't know edward i don't, no, I don't do actually I. I don't actually care either so why are we talking about <laughs> it um yeah so anyway so that's 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 going well and i'm feeling sort of better for it and um, yeah, so sort of less sort of bloated and stuff and things like that, which is good. So um, yeah, so I continue that up until the holiday. Okay. Um, see, see what that does for you. Hmm, yeah, so, so it's, it's interesting, I suppose, like seeing our two different approaches. Whereas you're kind of, are you still roughly a, a pound a week, or is it? Uh, it's it's kind of definitely um, plateauing. Um, and I use the word plateauing rather than plateaued because if you look at the kind of the average curve, so obviously my weight is not linear, blah, 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 but there is a very, very statistical um, correlated. Negative correlation. There is a there is a correlated curve 
um, I can't think what the right phrase is from for, from statistics, but anyway, there is a nice little curve, but you can see it's starting to flatline a little bit. Um, well, quite a reasonable amount. You can basically start on the flatline, and obviously there's going to be a point where it starts to then become linear um, or uh, horizontal, and therefore will I'll have to start making some adjustments at some point. But I mean, obviously, I am technically still losing weight. I mean, if you look at my let's let's have a look at my averages for the week. So we're going to weekly. So this week my average is 183.3, although I weighed in at 182.87 this morning. Um, but obviously that's my average for the week. My average for the previous week was 184.23, so 0.9, nearly a pound. Week before was 5.28, so a pound. The week before that was 7.32, so pound and a half. Week before that was 9 889.95, so you can see it's 2.6 pound. Week before that was three point. So you can see, like basically, like my average has gone. So bear in mind these averages, which obviously um, smooth a smoothed out line compared to obviously uh, the odd, you know, the actual uh, what's the word, the actual amounts from like the highest to lowest. But yeah. basically, it's gone like th- just over three pounds, two and a half pounds, one and a half pounds, one and a quarter pounds, one pound. Like that's basically how my average weeks have gone the last five weeks starting. So you can see it's getting sl- the, the weight loss is getting smaller and smaller week on week. But I am still losing weight, so. So, at what point will you turn around and um, adjust? Adjust, yeah. Um, well, the last week and a half, two weeks, I've eaten more towards what I set my calories at. So, obviously, there was more extreme weight loss in the first bits because I was under eating, as we talked about before, that I was kind of getting to points of satisfaction and was finishing on under calories in air quotes. But the last couple of weeks, I've felt it a bit more and obviously eaten my basically my my the, the limit I wanted to set myself at. So that would be one explanation as to why maybe my um, obviously weight loss has slowed down a bit. I could maybe see, I, I can probably anticipate a couple of weeks, maybe more at this level before I start to think about, am I am I going to see enough weight loss? I think I could probably still see some more weight loss for quite a few weeks on this like kind of level if I was consistent and not kind of cheating myself at any points. But mm. I think adherence would start to get harder a little bit that way. Um, and obviously progress would slow so much where it wouldn't be as noticeable. So I think basically, to cut long story short, probably going to maybe give it a week or two, maybe a diet break, go back to see if that kind of re-triggers off a bit of um, weight loss. If not, then yeah, I'll probably make a bit of an adjustment and reduce calories a bit more. Because cool. obviously I'm on a... I've dieted on a lot less calories, so I know I can do it. Um, I know it's not going to be too much of an issue. What I will say, I bear in mind where my body weight is at 183. This I've started diets at this weight quite like before and i feel a lot leaner now so i'm hoping that's a good sign as in like mm, i feel yeah. leaner than when i've started diets previously so i am hoping yeah. that's actually a really good sign that the last year and a half has has done some good it's always really yeah. hard to like objectively say when it's yourself because you can't really be objective but um i do feel like that's the case um yeah that's good that's good like, and, al- and also some of the kind of like the dieting adaptations i talked about like hunger and stuff have come around quite quick and uh, the odd moment of fatigue and stuff and this has come obviously at a time where I've said I would usually have started dieting. So I'm hoping my kind of the reason they are coming is because I am obviously, you know, I have put on some muscle and I'm getting to kind of levels of leanness where I've not been at this body weight before. So no, that's good. That's good. Yeah. I mean, I'm is not I'm not lean by any stretch. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, I've now been dieting for this is this will be my fifth week dieting. Um, mm-hmm. Part of it in a reasonably high deficit. So. Coming up, yeah. This, coming I mean, up. I think as you know, it's not like I was massively obese, but obviously I put on a reasonable amount of body fat. Um, 
I think just even losing what's what have I lost like 10% body weight nearly I think when you get to that well not quite 10% but 8% of body weight but when you start getting to that like 8-10% to 10% body weight I think a lot of people there's when they then start to no matter you know it's all relative basically it's when you start to see some kind of adaptations where you start to feel a bit oh I feel a bit like I can start to feel like I'm in a diet now and you know, maybe performance is going to the gym or maybe there's moments during the day where you're excessively hungry or you're just feeling a little more excessively tired than usual so yeah 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 no you definitely get to that point don't you so yeah. and weirdly i think it's a massive mental thing because i know straight away when i started like if I, if I spend a week of just mindfully um you know eating basically loads of veg and protein and, and that's about it for for mommy uh i won't really feel hungry and I won't feel as, as though I'm um, dieting or anything like that yeah but then as soon as I start tracking and I could be eating more food than if I wasn't tracking but being like overly mindful straight away then it gets to the evening I'm like oh my god I'm so hungry yeah, <laughs> uh, it's, it's yeah funny. You, de- you can definitely almost like nocebo yourself mm, yeah definitely definitely really Emily are like that if only she listened <laughs> I told her once she said she um, put a kind post about me saying that I once um, explained to her about kind of like or, or not explained but warned about nocebo herself she said I stuck with her because she realised that that's often the stuff she did yeah oh yeah it's, yeah. you can definitely do it 100% yeah. uh, we yeah. are 25 minutes in my friend and we've not talked about anything what a fucking surprise <laughs> we're good at this we're good at this we are um, we should probably just end it there and just move on but we, yeah, won't, yeah, but we won't you know that's what, that's what people come for well not according to Tom it's what people basically don't come here for <laughs> hence, yeah but he's, hence, a, he's hence, a wanker as you've said oh, I didn't say, Tom I didn't say that it's not me it's Ed and you, you always said you didn't like it anyway so <laughs> oh shit was I not meant to say that <laughs> lots of lots of people say it don't worry yeah I know uh, <laughs> anywho today we're going to move on to the subject now we were going to talk about evidence based Nutri- uh, sorry, supplementation, not nutrition. That'd be ridiculous. No, it wouldn't be ridiculous. It'd be what should be what everyone does. But evidence-based supplementation, because um, and this is for um, health rather than performance. So there obviously is a difference between people taking supplementation for performance and people taking supplementation for health. Um, shall we start with a caveat that um, so this is requested by Chelsea. She wanted to. I don't know if it's for her or so. Um, Chelsea, uh, I think it's Night- Nightingale. Um, she and she doesn't say this on Instagram, so um, which is a bit annoying. I think she even has a set name on Instagram. It's like Activate something, Activate Therapy, something like that. I can't really remember. We'll find it by the end of the show and shout out properly. Really, really good physio. So if anyone wants kind of some uh, free online um, information about physiotherapy, then go check her out. But yeah, she asked about it, and I said, "Oh yeah, I think we've done some infographics and posts about it before." But when I went back through our our Instagram, we haven't actually done supplements for health, only performance, which I found whoa, have we? We've ma- missed a massive gap there. So I figured, or we figured, didn't we? As we said in last week's episode, why not do a whole podcast on it? Because I don't think we've done that yet either. Uh, no, exactly. Because um, when we when we mentioned it at the end of the last episode. I think we even joked saying, well, we'll probably forget this, but it's a really good topic for next week and we can, we can be really on top of it. Yeah. And then when we said today, what are we going to talk about? Oh, what was that thing? And yeah, we had to go back and listen because we couldn't remember when we said it as well. So Lol. listen to the whole bloody episode and uh, it was in the last minute. So now I know exactly how our listeners feel um, and why there are so few of them. Last minute? Uh, oh, Jesus. I, th- I actually said to you, oh, I think it's like two thirds in or something. 
Yeah, literally, yeah. So I uh, luckily I had us on uh, Talking Fast. <laughs> so I was listening to it before Alex came home. She's been out all day with her mum, and so I was preparing uh, food for this evening. And she walked in, and she's like, oh, you listen to the podcast? I said, yeah, yeah, and I'm sort of explained. And after about 30 seconds, she goes, bloody hell, you two talk quick. <laughs> so she hadn't realised I was listening on to it one and a half times. <laughs> oh, oh, dear, oh, dear. Uh, yeah. Never mind. Um, so anyway, yeah. So anyway, cut a long story short. Uh, we're obviously doing this for Chelsea, just to, well, maybe for Chelsea, but hopefully everyone will get some benefit from it. Um, I would just maybe like to start with, obviously, stop saying fucking obviously. Jesus Christ. Right. I'm going to try my hardest not to use the word obviously. I'm obviously going to fail, obviously very hard <laughs> on this, but I will try. So evidence-based supplementation is by definition a supplement. So we would probably recommend, this is really hard not to say obviously actually, and I'm really thinking about it. We'd probably recommend that you get most of your nutrition from real foods uh, rather than having to supplement a supplement although can be very useful for people that have gaps in their diet for various reasons. Vegan vegetarianism might be one. Uh, maybe you don't like specific foods that provide you with kind of niche nutrition. Um, one example could be fish. If you don't like fish or oily fish, then you're obviously not going to be getting fish oils from somewhere. Uh, or there might just be a case of supplementation is required because you just can't get enough of said uh, nutrition through or said vitamins or minerals through uh, food itself. So, yeah but it's a bit you know, like the whole turmeric thing that we said about last week like if you were to try and supplement with we try not to supplement with turmeric but you're food, trying to have it in your food like you'd have to drown everything in it so which yeah. is probably not going to be to most people's tastes exactly yeah it might be a bit tingly on the tongue tingly so yes yeah, so um that being said as i you know i mentioned there are some instances where supplementation probably is a good Good thing. I'm going to do one we haven't actually mentioned pre-call when we were kind of saying what we were going to talk about. Whey protein. Supplement. I mentioned it in the first list I sent to you. Did you? Yeah. Didn't, didn't read it. Sorry, mate. Well, I... <laughs> uh, well, when you went all, uh, all all cold turkey on me and weren't replying, I kind of thought, well, uh, I'm, 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 you know, I'm going to actually have to do some I was, uh, some I, was out for a, I was out for a delicious Sunday late lunch, sort of Something. kind of early tea, so... <laughs> Anyway, okay, so whey protein. Supplement or not supplement? Um, well, if you're supplementing your diet with it because you're not getting enough in your diet, then it's a supplement. But, it's, but I know people would argue otherwise. Ooh, when you say people, you mean me. Well, yeah, because you're a twat. Yeah, true. On both counts. Uh, <laughs> is it not just eating more food? It's just dry, you, it's just dried milk. Almost. This is what I mean. You could argue either way. Yeah. Okay. So, I, I would look at it. As, I think during MNU and the teachings we see there, it was referred to as a sport. No, what was it referred to? As a performance food? Performance food, I think it was. Mm -hmm. I, I think maybe it depends on the way you use it. And to be honest with you, who gives a shit? If you're getting enough protein in your diet, whether you use whey or not, Right, he gives a shit. No, you're right. We are arguing semantics here. Um, <laughs> I the only thing I would probably say is if people thought of it less as a supplement, it might mean that it's kind of more 
not palatable, but people might the use might be feel more palatable to people because some people might be put off thinking, oh no, I can't take that. It's steroids, isn't it? Or whatever mm. you know, joke, joke. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if they think of it, it's you no, know, it's literally just food. It's it's no different than eating a chicken breast, which in reality it isn't. Then some people might be more um, open to using it, and it might help them meet their protein needs. That's kind of the only, the only way I was, or the, the the road I was going down when I was kind of questioning that. But. And if more people had it with milk, they'd realise it's actually quite nice. Yeah, that's absolutely true. The problem with that is obviously the increased calories you get with mm. not only the ca- calories from milk. Yes, you get a bit more protein, but obviously most milk's got a reasonable amount of carbohydrates in and potentially some fat, depending on the type of milk you have, which does increase the calories off a protein shake. But you're absolutely right. You stick milk with a protein shake, and it is so different. An alternative would be to have a, a lower-calorie, plant-based version of milk like unsweetened almond milk or unsweetened coconut or that type of stuff because tend to be a lot lower in calories like you can i think 250 mils of like an unsweetened almond milk is like 40 calories or something whereas opposed to 250 yeah. mils of milk is like 100 calories so you know 40 percent of the calories doesn't taste quite as good but it's better than water exactly yeah still better yeah so, so it might be um, a useful thing so i just thought I'd bring out whey protein just because of like is it supplement or not um, should we start with that it means yeah, we're spoken about it for the last five minutes <laughs> why not so um yeah. i don't think i mean what much more have we got to add other than we've, we've what, talked... why, why would you why would you want to increase your protein intake i know we've talked about it a number of times but maybe more from a health point of view especially maybe as you're getting a bit older yeah um, so you... it, it would obviously to be to obviously oh oh my god this is going to be a fun episode this is sorry listeners <laughs> you should donate a pound to charity every time uh, maybe a penny because i think i'll be broke very soon uh, you no would for you <laughs> <laughs> if you um so if you are i mean this this goes for anyone especially dieters and especially the elderly M- maintaining muscle mass is probably quite a, a priority for people that like i said are in a calorie deficit um so therefore dieters or the elderly or, or older generation older people that are at risk of um sarcopenia which is basically an anabolic resistance so you're less resistant to anabolic stiffness which causes growth or maintenance of muscle so more protein can help um uh protect against that essentially that's the main yes. main reason why we would really for those two types of populations um guess high proteins in a calorie deficit as well high proteins high protein diet is is linked or correlated with showing reduction in appetite and hunger and those types of things so it's going to help you stick to a calorie deficit easier so that's another reason um that's i suppose that's that's the main reason why you might protect weight and like you've said already it it's useful for when people can't reach the required protein levels that we would give people um through kind of general diet instead have to supplement by using things like whey protein but it can also be really good in terms of things like just post gym getting enough protein in to to augment the uh, muscle protein synthetic response of weight training and everything else just to try and get some some protein in a reasonable time period doesn't mean everyone has to do that because for be honest most people could go home and have a meal and it probably suit their schedule but it might be some circumstances where it's just not suitable to do go home and have a meal and having a whey protein is really useful so yeah, and when we say preserve muscle mass, we don't mean like if you're a gym goer, preserving what gains you've got. We just mean like muscle mass in general, like just whatever you've got, preserving it, especially like yeah. with age and, and stuff. So, if, if you're, oh, I'm sorry, mate. I was going to say because being able to get out of the chair nice and easily is quite a nice thing. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's quite nice. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to say. Yeah, and if you're a constant dieter and you're constantly in a calorie deficit, again, you're 
a bit like sarcopenia, you, there is a reduction in muscle protein synthesis from anabolic stimulus when you're in a calorie deficit than compared to in a surplus. It's one of the reasons why, although you can build muscle in a deficit, it's not as easy because the actual synthetic response of building muscle is dampened compared to when you're not in a calorie deficit, so when you're in a maintenance or a surplus. So if you're a constant yo-yo dieter, you are at more risk of losing muscle as you diet and then you put the weight on but you don't really build any muscle back. Then you kind of diet and you do it all again. And eventually you're kind of just wearing away muscle tissue, which is obviously not great for health. It's not great for resting metabolic rate, um, metabolic diseases and disorders, um, general metabolic health as well. So you kind of want to avoid muscle loss in those scenarios, which is kind of, I suppose, why we have picked those two out as kind of two prominent reasons. Now I've realized I've replaced obvious with kinder. Have you noticed that? So, yeah. so because I'm so now conscious about saying obviously, I've now replaced my obviously crutch word with kinder cut word. So kinder this, kinder that. That's better than obviously because you're uh, well, not stating the obvious. <laughs> kinder. Well, kinder better. You kind of are. It's kind of that. We've done whey protein. I say we move on. Yeah. So fish oils? So, Ed, what are fish oils? Fish oils are a oily... Say oil from fish. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so obviously you can get it from oily fish. So Are we... Sorry, I overcut you there again. I just want You're, uh, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't ask me to... Uh, don't to, ask a question, then don't let me answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so you get it from oily fish. So it tends to be your darker fishes, so your white sort of cod tannics, that sort of thing, a lot lower in oils. Um, found in the skin, things like that, um, where there's kind of like the fat and that. So um, you need it for uh, reducing inflammation. Um, you you jump way ahead. I'm going to ask you about the benefits of fish oils. Oh, right. Okay, sorry. Um, is it really the fish oils that we're after, though? Or is no, there anything in the, the fish oils? It's the EPA and the DHA. Within... And tell me what they stand for. Uh, I, I can't. I literally can't pronounce the words. I, I don't think I could either. Icoserpentinoic. I, 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 <laughs> it's like on steroids, and they're really long words as well. Docosahemorexia. <laughs> Are you casting a spell? I, you just I've me. never seen. I've never seen Harry Potter, so I wouldn't know how. Uh, no, Harry Potter spells are a lot more challenging. <laughs> <laughs> I say, yeah, Harry Potter spells are a lot easier to to kind of articulate than um, yeah. I I I think it's Icosapentianoic and Docosahexanoic. Oh my god! <laughs> EPA and DHA. So yes, um, like you say, most of those are from like, fish um, and. Um, I guess marine life, because you can include algae and some other yeah, marine Yeah, I was going to say you can get a, a veggie veggie vegan. sauce, which is sort of based vegan. on algae. So. Algae's vegan, isn't it? Like, no one's going to complain about eating algae, I'm sure. Well, I don't know. Depends if there's any frog spawn on it. Yeah, nice. Okay. <laughs> so, I guess on that point, um, what? so there are other types of... Um, fatty acids that we can convert to EPA and DHA... What is that that I'm referring to? Uh, ALA. It's not even that hard to say. ALA. I can say this. Alpha acid. I can say that one. Yeah, that was yeah. It's a little easier. Um, so that can be that can be converted, but only in sort of smaller amounts can be synthesized. So the body doesn't really like converting one thing into like another thing. Um, it'll do it, but quite often it's quite um, energy expensive for the body. 
So yeah. uh, I, th- I don't yeah. mean I don't, I don't have energy really comes into to this, but the conversion is not very good. Like you say, like you basically get very little from ALA into like EPN DHA. So you have to take a fuckload of ALA to get the same amount as you would do if you just got it from fish oils or marine stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, why why make things harder than they need to be? So um, yeah. so why why are we saying that fish oils are 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 a must or are a supplement that people should consider taking? Um, like I say, so it can. We spoke about the inflammation and stuff last week. So especially if you maybe suffer from things, maybe like arthritis, it could potentially help you with a little bit. Um, uh, but it has quite high sort of cardiovascular benefits. So um, yeah, so it can just basically help the whole heart and your blood flow and all that sort of stuff. Just we're not talking massive, massive amounts, but it can just sort of help. Uh, help all that just that little bit more than if you didn't do it and especially you know if you started exercising a bit more and you started taking fish oil a bit more hopefully it could um, prevent sort of heart attack strokes and and, uh, hopefully bring your blood pressure down a little bit as well Um, it's known for um, improvements in depression so which is always good uh, and it can help facilitate uh, weight loss as well so it's just another another string to your bow if you are looking at losing weight and that sort of thing. Yeah. So. That, uh, the weight loss thing is interesting because um, obviously I guess it's not, <laughs> obviously, I guess it's not something that we would usually, I suppose, link f- uh, fish oils with. Like, it's not like, oh yeah, you want to lose weight. I'll tell you what, you need to start taking fish oils. That'll help. It's, it's actually something that you probably wouldn't. Um... Wouldn't be the first thing you'd recommend, would it? But at the same time though, um, if you like, it's like saying, okay, I want to lose weight. Well, I'm just going to take fish oils. Well, that's that's not going to be the cause of you losing weight. It's um, it could help facilitate the process, um, but it's not the cause. Yeah, no, I mean the the reference. If anyone wants to see it, is um, in the the International Society of Sports Nutrition Journal, and it is by Noreen Atal. So N R like Soreen the bread, which is delicious. It was a bread baked cake malt no. loaf type malt thing loaf loaf let's say loaf um which by the way the uh five fruits one i think it's five fruits or maybe it's five seeds i'm thinking of basically the fruity one there's like an extra fruity one is the best um albeit i would say the apple one is also just as amazing although you can only seem to ever find that one in morrison's they don't certainly have a supermarket it's the apple one but it's fantastic anyway i digress noreen at all 2010, and they did a study to determine the effects of supplement of fish oil on resting metabolic rate, body composition, cortisol in healthy adults. And after six weeks of supplementation, so I'm just jumping straight to the conclusion here because we ain't got time to go through all of it. But the uh, the fatty, um, or oh, sorry, the, the fish oil group significantly increased lean mass, lean mass and decreased fat mass. Change was significantly correlated with reduction in salivary cortisol following the fish oil treatment. So, um, if anyone wants to go and just kind of go through the, you know, the actual uh, methods and the results and go through the data, then go look at the study. But essentially, that's why there is potentially some, um, you know, there was a significant statistical difference in those taking fish oil that showed an increase in lean mass and decreased fat mass. So are we saying it's going to be a huge game changer? Probably not. Um, however, there is, you know, statistical significance and something that's worth or that we can say, well, it might help us weight loss. Exactly, exactly. Facilitate, facilitate. Um, you still so, need a calorie deficit, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I say, you can't just take that and hope that's going to cure everything because it's not. Um, yeah. But it, it's just one of those good things that is proven time and time again. 
it's not many supplements that have proven time and time again um, but that is that is something that uh, sits in the sort of the top five and um, yeah that sort of there's if somebody was to say fish oils are bad for you then you should probably not be friends with them so well th- there are some there is some studies out there where they've looked at um, the outcomes on certain things like cancer rates and um, coronary artery uh, diseases, that type of stuff. And I think there are some research out there which shows that there's some of them are equivocal. So Daisy didn't really show any benefit. They also didn't show any negatives. So I think you're probably safe to take fish oils. Um, and I think that the, what the, if you look at the wider evidence base, I think there's more that says that that do have some benefits in these types of things. So the things we've talked about in terms of um, you know hypertension and hyperlipidemia and um, anti-inflammatory things like protecting against coronary artery disease and stuff. I think for the price of them, um, they're well worth something I think most people take in. If, I think we said the start, but maybe we didn't, I don't know actually, if you don't already consume enough oily fish. So, go on. Yeah, I was going to say, but to consume enough oily fish, you've got to be having it, what, like four or five times a week? Mm, two, um, two to three, I think, was the think generally recognised yeah. amount. But, yeah. um, Which, but you've got to have, you know, good serving. It can't just be like a little bit. Right? Yeah, you've got two two to three, like, good servings of fish, which most people probably don't have unless you really like fish. Like, I don't. I, cause my or you're wife, Yeah, or, you know, you're pescatarian and that's all you eat. But I, I don't eat anywhere near enough fish purely on the basis of uh, my wife doesn't like it, so we just never have it at home. Like she yeah. will eat, she will eat battered cod. She'd probably, she will even eat like a cod loin if it's cooked and grilled, um, that type of thing with maybe some sauce or something. But she won't eat like a salmon fillet or anything more more fishy than literally the whitest of fish. Yeah, yeah. I probably probably have fish once every other week, probably. Um, yeah, I, I do like a smoked fillet. Um, yeah, we had it the other night actually. Um, but uh, no, we, we don't have it anywhere near enough to. So supplementing is is number one. Um, so normally your supplements are kind of uh, little. Well, they're not really little tablets, are they? They're, they're quite large. Um, so, um, but I, I've always been told to keep them in the fridge because if they're especially if they're doing direct sunlight, they can soon go off. And I don't know if you've ever had a off fish oil tablet, but. It tastes how you'd expect fish oils to taste, because um, normally they're pretty unflavoured. But um, yeah, if you if you have an off one, um, you are having fishy burps for the rest of the day, and it's not nice. Um, no. So um, I do have a recommendation for this. So uh, shout out to Bulk Powders. They do a Promega. Uh, is the is the name of their supplement? It's basically fish oils and vitamin D together, and it has some sort of orange essence in it, and it takes away all of the fishiness. It's amazing. Good. Okay, I've had, had the normal bulk powders ones, but I'll have to look into those. I like this um, purely because it has your vitamin D and which we will get onto, but it has your vitamin D and your fish oil in one capsule, and as I say, the it's really super high strength as well. Um, they aren't cheap. They're about, I think you probably get ninety in a box, and you have to take three of them according to their dosage size. It is a lot. It's probably over the amount we're going to recommend people take, or on that amount anyway. But it's like twenty quid a box, so twenty quid a month is for a lot of people might consider quite expensive. But yeah, what's your health? That's not expensive. Well, exactly. So the recommendations are sort of anywhere between three hundred and eighteen hundred milligrams a day. So if you're having about a thousand milligrams a day, you'd probably be somewhere would be about right. 
Um, you don't need to load up on them if you've never taken them before or anything like that. Just start taking them and your body um, will find its own sort of balance of uh, what it's wanting to absorb. Um, yeah, so the tablets are normally normally 500 milligrams to 1,000 milligrams, depending on which ones. You don't normally get any with any more than 1,000 milligrams. No, so. it's normally one, one gram capsule because not the capsules become too big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and the, yeah, do like eating something... Yeah. Not nice. In a hockey puck. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. Um, They're a bit chewy as well, aren't they? they are. Well, I, I don't recommend you chew them. Like yeah, I don't recommend no, you chewing them because no, obviously that's exactly. where you will get fishy burps. Uh, but um, just to also bear in mind that although Ed is talking about one gram or a thousand milligrams, that is the fish oil and not the EPA and DHA. So you need to check your packaging on your supplements to see how much EPA and DHA is in there. Because a one gram is usually probably combined epa and dha may be only 450 odd milligrams so it's not all epa and dha it's not a gram of it it's it'll be less so check your package depend upon the strength of it um i can't remember how much is in the um the bulk powders one i could get up and get it but i can't be bothered but i think it is pretty high um i think it, like the three capsules give you something like i don't know maybe even two grams of the both which is obviously a high dose or like yeah, the, maybe yeah. maybe one and a half grams or something like that anyway so it's a, for the three capsules quite a lot um so yeah, do you take all three every day? I take two a day because I think two. Yeah. I think two is something like two thousand IU's of vitamin D, maybe three thousand. I can't remember. Um, and then, yeah, something like a thousand or maybe a bit more of um, EPA and DHA, which is probably enough. Most supplement recommendations on the back of the packet are a bit over the top. Um, especially whey protein, they want you to have four scoops four times a day. It's just stupid. I don't. Uh, I don't want you to get through it, and they want you to buy more. So, yeah. I, I don't know if that's true though. Is it? I think sure. Like my, I mean, maybe it's, I buy my from Bulk Palace, but I think it just says one serving is one scoop. Some of them are, like tell you to have three scoops per serving. I okay. I, I would definitely, yeah, I would definitely does. say the average fish or someone's going to buy out, say Holland and Barrett, will say take one one tablet, one thing a day, which would say is not enough. Because you want to basically, you want the, obviously the dose. Dose is going to be individual dependent and goal dependent on why you're taking them. But if you're talking for general health, I would say you want to be taking like about about a gram of EPA and DHA a day. Yeah, 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 and that's going to be perfectly adequate for most people, unless you've been told by your doctor you need more for, for whatever reason. Yeah. Or, uh, or told by doctor you need less. Don't take as much. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what, one thing, uh, did you mention about thinning blood? Uh, I mentioned I didn't mention thinning blood specifically, no. but I did mention so sort of blood pressure. The, yeah, high high doses of fish oils have been known to thin the blood slightly. So some people have come out in bruises and stuff where obviously blood is not. I don't know if the mechanism actually, but basically it's caused like um, more sensitive bruising. And obviously, if you're already at risk, if like like you're um, a hemophiliac, say you don't really want thin blood, or you know if you're going to certain operations, there might be certain scenarios where your blood shouldn't be as thin as maybe if you're taking loads and loads. I mean, obviously, we're talking quite high doses here, but, mm. you know, there is a risk of it happening if you take a lot. Because some, some people do take, like, 10 grams of fish oils a day, which is on the high side, but probably not going to kill anyone. Um, but if you're taking that alongside beta blockers as well. Uh, yeah, like, there might be then, certain meds yeah. where it might be no, 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 no. So certainly anything we say, as you should go with every episode... Um, speak to a medical practitioner before taking anything on um, as what we say as advice because it's not advice it's just information um, cool we spent a lot of time with fish oils yeah well they're quite often overlooked so they are. 
much um, like the next next supplement, which yes. you have just mentioned, that is combined in your little pill that you like to take. Would it be the vitamin D? Vitamin D. Most people, I think, would probably first be aware of vitamin D from Sunny D back in the day. <laughs> uh, I don't think Sunny D is a thing anymore, is it? Uh, it is, but it's not as it was. It's obviously been cleaned up by the EU and no longer in the same ingredient or recipe as it was back in the day. Um, <laughs> when it was like crack. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, they're saying that, though. Like, whenever I go, because um, I always get some fresh orange in for Alex, and I, I don't think I ever see... Sunny D, they're always, always like Tropicana or own brand. Or yeah, yeah. I, I don't think supermarkets tend to sell it, but I've seen it in definitely things like little news agents and stuff. Uh, okay, so when they probably like imported yeah. it from somewhere dodgy. Uh, well, I couldn't Really on stock. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, cool. Do you want to talk about vitamin D? Yeah, well, actually, vitamin D is actually a pro-hormone, which is quite funny. It's not actually a vitamin. Well, there we go. Go figure. There you go. Yeah. Um, however... Um, I don't know why it really falls under. I think I was probably told once upon a time, but I can't remember. But it just kind of generally gets categorised as a vitamin, so hence vitamin. Is D. it because it's got a D and one letter, like all the others, and because it's fat soluble? I, I don't know, but it is fat soluble. But I don't think that's got anything to do with it, why it's you know. Maybe it was thought to be a vitamin, and then they t- found out actually it's a, it's a pro hormone and not an actual well. vitamin. But anyway, by the by, um, not really detail people need to worry about. It's just a funny bit of little trivia. Um, so, um, you already said it's a fat-soluble, in air quotes, vitamin. Um, now, vitamin D is a funny one because we actually get the majority of our uh, vitamin D from the sun. It's synthesized from our skin. So, this is generally a problem for people in the Northern Hemisphere, especially in the UK, when we get absolutely fucking shocking weather and we only get enough sun uh, with enough um, strength at certain times a year to generate vitamin D. A lot of the time we just don't get it, which is why unless you take loads of holidays, you supplement vitamin D, um, or you have quite light skin, like very light skin, and are quite sensitive to the sun and out in it a bit during the day and stuff, um, you're probably going to be quite likely to be less than optimal for definite, maybe even deficient. So this is why, along with fish oils, we would probably say, because most people just don't eat enough fish, Vitamin D is another one that's worth supplementing with for most parts. Now, we would always say for both of those, like get get blood test done and check your vitamin D level, say, and if you're low, then take some. However, if you're not going to pay for that or you can't get it done for your doctor for nothing, then it's probably worthwhile supplementing on the chance that you are going to be, let's say, less than optimal or, or, or deficient in it because of, like I've just said, where we live. Um, if you're an outside like worker, like a builder or someone that's on like a roofer that's on the roof all the time, you might build up enough during the summer months, like, and like probably only two months a year we actually get enough sun to produce a significant amount of vitamin D. Um, you might then think I'm okay for the rest of the year because it is a, a fat-soluble vitamin. It can be stored in our fat and our adipose tissue. We can build up enough. Um, so you can have it for two months and effectively, you know, in theory, then have it last you the rest of the year. Um, or you can take vitamin D supplements in massive, massive doses. Like some, I think some clinical uh, settings, they give like elderly people say like a whole year's worth in one go um, to last them a year almost, which is obviously incredible. You think about it like that, but yeah, you can't. Well, yeah, you, you can overdose from it though, can't you? You can overdose from supplementation. You can't overdose from it from the sun. Um, yeah, so yeah. But, uh, and I, I, but the thing is, I think overdosing in supplementation. Bear in mind that people have been given a whole year's worth and not died. 
you're obviously talking such huge amounts and i think it's one of those things where it probably has to be a chronic overdose not just like a one-off even if you took a huge amount in one go you know kind of you'd benefit it gets stored in your fat cells and obviously you'd eventually just kind of go through that supply of vitamin d whereas if you kind of did that constantly over you know a long period of time then you might have more issues at risk of overdose but anything in fat soluble um is potentially toxic in i think in enough um dose but I think the literature shows how much they give to people that then I don't think you, anyone really, unless you're being really stupid, are at too many risks of it. So, yeah, a bit like yeah, fish oils because yeah. obviously fish oil is toxic in too much. But again, I think like the, the doses are so high in some of the research where they showed no ill ill effect. You know, people literally talking 20, 30 grams a day. I think in some studies, um, albeit if not huge and huge, like for not for taking it for years and years and years. But you know, within the realms of most people's ever likely of doing you'd probably be right so exactly um uh yeah go on no no no, no. I, well, I you, were, you were asking me questions oh. so should you not carry on asking oh right questions? sorry right <laughs> <laughs> poor hosting um, yeah. what are the benefits of uh, vitamin d well oh, that's funny you asked that edward um now vitamin d is actually one of those things a bit like fish oils where it is seen to be a bit of a wonder supplement because it just affects so many different things so um some of the lists that we've got improved immune system so it helps obviously fight off diseases whatever else improves bone health uh, via support on calcium absorption uh, a deficiency is associated with development of cardiovascular disease cancer ibd um and other other disorders reducing depressive symptoms so there's some uh, research coming out of some labs uh where they're obviously showing that a, a vitamin d deficiency again and getting people back up to higher levels shows that they've improved like depressive symptoms and mental health which in this day and age with obviously the tragedy of the weekend as well is more and more and more important um potentially improves strength as well and potentially improves fat loss so again i think some of these things like a lot of stuff in in nutrition are down to deficiencies rather than necessarily you know the the benefit the benefit of having like super high doses of stuff a lot of times like you'll hear the same things like magnesium and zinc oh magnesium helps you sleep better well only if you're deficient if you're not deficient it ain't gonna help you sleep better and i think a lot like same with vitamin d i would hypothesize that it's probably similar that a lot of these are actually because people are generally deficient or not in really optimal ranges so um yeah that's why i said get maybe blood test done if you're then on the lower end or or in the defici- deficient uh, ranges then you know start supplementing and hopefully you'll, if you're suffering from any of these types of things um you'll see some improvements or just get out in the sun a bit more if you can move to a, a warmer country there's more sunlight <laughs> go move to south of spain <laughs> well why not um one thing that i know when i was at university some of the phd students were researching it with links to aiding uh with osteoporosis mm-hmm. um and things like that so in the elderly community and they were supplementing them with vitamin d no idea what the outcome was because i left before they finished the study but it's interesting that it's not listed kind of whenever you see the list of benefits um it's yeah it's not not, not listed but obviously uh, they do talk about um, bone health and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I mean, I guess the the point I made around, obviously, um, well, I did mention about bone health, didn't I? Yeah, you know, you did, yeah, yeah. So, but they kind of don't link it directly to things like osteoporosis, considering they were looking at it so specifically oh, right, yeah. in that well, kind of... Yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, you're reducing the risk of bone loss, it should link in with osteoporosis and other things. Mm, like, yeah. again, again, it's one of those things where, like we talked about, getting out of a chair when you're old is kind of a good thing. 
if you can supplement with vitamin D and it just helps you in later life, just live a more practical lifestyle and not be kind of bedridden or chair ridden and just less active, then it's a win win. Mm. One, one other consideration is if you are darker skinned, you can synthesize less vitamin D than someone with lighter skin. So you may have to stay out in the sun more to get the same effect. So um, just bear that in mind. Obviously, you know, again, if you're darker skinned, you might want to then supplement compared to, you know, my sister, who's ginger. Or your sister, who's ginger, yes. Who gets sunstroke in the winter. There you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the amount so, so the amount you want to take is, um, well, based on the literature, anywhere from a couple of IU, a couple of two, 2,000 IUs to maybe 4,000 IUs a day. I know some people that take more. With obviously, you know, a lot of literature shows, again, no ill effects in huge, huge doses. Um like I said, corrective doses of up to like three three hundred thousand IUs have been used. So, as I say, like the elderly, basically that have been deficient and you know trying to get back to full health, they've literally given like a year's worth, almost or like half a year's mm. worth in one go. So, it can be done, and I don't think you're too at risk of toxicity unless you're doing that very, very regularly. Yeah, if you're taking that every day. Yeah, so you- um, I was going to say, I know uh, with if you do get blood tests to see whether you're deficient or not, your doctor will quite often prescribe you to have a higher dose for a few weeks to bring you to baseline levels and then they'll drop you down to a maintenance dose. So that could be a benefit of having the blood tests instead of just going, well, I'll just take 3,000 IU a day and that'll do. Yeah, that'll do, but it might take you a few weeks to get right, whereas you could then, almost... Then keep it up as well. Yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah, and then keep it up. So Whereas if you get the blood tests and they turn around and say, no, actually, you're pretty severely deficient in it, take... 20,000 IU a day for three weeks and then bring that down to 5,000 IU a day for a couple of weeks or whatever. Yeah. Uh, as, as an example, not just yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so. Obviously, it's a cumulative dose. So um, one fun fact, which is uh, something I put on my Instagram a couple of times and got a few people messaging actually said, oh, that's interesting, didn't know that. It is fat-soluble, so take it with fats for optimal absorption. Um, often you'll find supplements in shops are like dry pill form. And if you're doing that, then take it with a meal that contains fat, because if not, more of it won't get absorbed and it will just pass through, rather than um, you know take it by and ones that are already in oil, which is why I like Promegas and bulk powders. Like I say, they are suspended in an oil sub- supplement already because it's in fish oils. So that will help the absorption. So um, that's useful to know, just because it is stupid, really, why they... It's a fat-soluble vitamin or pro-hormone, but it's fat-soluble. Stick it in oil supplements. Why sell dry pills? Because... If people take it first in the morning, they oh, don't eat breakfast, or they have like a low-fat breakfast. Because people might do that thinking, oh, I'm being healthy, I have a low-fat breakfast, and I'll take my supplements with it. Then you might be kind of wasting a bit of your money there because you're not absorbing as much. Yeah, so or if you take it just before bed and then you fasted all night. Yeah, like, like that sort of thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, and just lastly, just as a bit of an example, because obviously we're, we're talking about supplementation, everyone's like, well, shouldn't you just be eating food? Because you said that at the start of the podcast. Well, we've kind of already covered this, but just a rough idea... Two and a half thousand IUs of vitamin D, which is like the lower end of what we're saying per day. Two and a half thousand to four thousand IUs. Check the label again. Most things you'll find in in like your shops are like a thousand IU serving, so you might have to have more than what they say. But that is six point two five liters of whole milk, or one hundred and forty three large eggs would give you one day's worth of vitamin D. So you're probably not going to be getting much of that from food because there are vitamin D isn't in many other sources. Exactly. So, unless your name is Gaston, no, don't get the Beauty and the Beast reference. 
I watch uh, it daily. Obviously, my little one loves fucking Beauty and the Beast. So. I, I guess that's what you're on about, but I just... <laughs> when I grow up, I eat four dozen eggs, who are roughly the size of a barge. No? no that was beautiful. One fights like us. No, I love Beauty and the Beast. Classic film. <laughs> but do you like the remake? I've not seen it. You've not I, seen the remake? No, because I'll probably hate it. I watched the Aladdin yeah. remake the other day, Will Smith. Fucking terrible. Yeah, it got slated, didn't it? Yeah, uh, like the Cats one as well, and all the stars of it are all slating the Cats thing as well, which I think is so funny. Uh, yeah. There we go. So, um, they're your two main supplements for health, right? Um, we obviously talked about maybe a multivit. I don't know if we really want to go too much into that or not really, whether it's worth even talking about, because, like, is it necessary? Just if you don't eat much vegetables, take one. As a lot of insurance policy. Yeah, basically. Yeah, probably. Cause I've said about it before on the podcast again. I think in the Western world, it's pretty hard for us to become deficient in most things other than the two we've talked about, like omegas. Because we have a high high skewed amount of omega-6 and 9s in our diets and not so much 3s, which is really, really important. So which is why we're saying take omega-3s for EPA and DHA. Uh, vitamin D, we've already said about why you can't get that. The rest of your vitamins and minerals... The amounts you need daily are quite low, and are in most foods, so it's not really hard in the Western world unless you just literally, like Ed just said, eat no vitamins and minerals. Don't eat fortified cereals or fortified flours or wheats or stuff. You probably find it quite hard to be deficient in a lot of other stuff. And also, it's fortified in a lot of things as well. So I just said that. Are, did you? I just said sorry, fortified in things like flours uh, and sorry. cereals. <laughs> flours, not, not as in your garden. I'm talking about like flour uh, and bread and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless is, you're like the pickiest eater in the world and you only eat chicken nuggets, yeah. then. Or, yeah. or, ironically, oh, I can't eat those breakfast cereals because they're terrible for me, and you end up basically taking out the only bit of like nutrition you're actually eating in your diet because you know mm. you you basically eat no fruits and vegetables, but you know cereal's bad for you, so you take out cereal. Well, it's fortified with loads of vitamins and minerals, so maybe you've just made your diet worse, mate. <laughs> yeah, keep on those cocoa pops. Yeah. Um, that is not a recommendation, Edward. Although I no, I, they're not, I don't think they're fortified with anything. No, and they, they produce be. the sugar in them. Like the other reason why I eat them is for the sugar. I know. I had cocoa <laughs> pops for breakfast this morning. Although, what I will say is they don't taste as good, but it does mean you can have more of them because there's less sugar <laughs> true, in them. True, true. Which is what true. I found. Because like, the only time I'll have cocoa pops is before hockey. Um, so I want the sugar, and I don't want to be eating three bowls of them to get a decent amount of carbs. I would. I would. No, but no, I don't want that swirling around in my belly. Mm, true. Okay, so um, yeah, I mean, other considerations for multi-fit, I guess. So we, we've said really we'd only recommend taking one as a insurance policy if you kind of feel like you don't eat enough fruit or veg. Probably not going to do much harm um, if you're taking them on top and, you know, you're not going to overdose on, on most things. Most like certainly water-soluble vitamins, um, yeah, B, C, F. H O J K L M P Q. <laughs> they, <laughs> they, the water soluble vitamins aren't stored in fat, so you're just going to piss most of those out of expensive piss yeah. for the most part. Yeah. Um, the dose you have to take to get toxicity on things like vitamin C are pretty high. You're probably more likely getting diarrhea and just like shit like that first, <laughs> shit like that before you uh, have any two issues. So I don't think taking a multivit is going to be too much of a risk, yeah. um, unless you we're, take some dodgy yeah. version with loads of fucking minerals in, which might cause some issues, but. Yeah, I suppose the only thing with a multivit is uh, just check what's actually in there. Uh, a lot of them don't include B vitamins, especially the B12. So if you are veggie or vegan and you're thinking, well, I'll, I'll, I'll take it just because 
Um, it's going to help me sort of top up on the things that I don't get from not eating meat uh, or or missing because I'm not eating meat. Um, make sure it's got a B12 in. Make sure it's yeah B12, B6. So you kind of two important most, Bs. Most of them will. I think um, definitely the point around checking what's in them is a is a good example. So obviously. <laughs> supermarket multivitamins as an example probably aren't your your go-to because a lot of those will be reasonably cheaply manufactured stuff a reasonable example would be to look at the ingredients and see something along the lines of like you know what type of zinc do they have is it zinc or is it zinc oxide zinc oxide is a lot cheaper to make and it's not absorbed very well so you kind of want to avoid some certain multivits um, based on maybe some of the ingredients, zinc and zinc oxide. So look for the one with zinc, actual zinc, not zinc oxide. This is just one example. There's many others. Um, there was a website, and I think it was US-based, though. I can't remember off the top of my head it is. I'll maybe find it and put it in the show notes. But there's basically a website aggregator which shows you which like really good quality um, multivits. However, I do, as I say, think it was one from like basically a, a load of US samples, and not necessarily UK. They might overlap a little bit with the UK. Otherwise, you're probably okay going with a more reputable source like your, your my proteins, your bulk powders, and stuff like that. Um, that being said, I haven't checked what the ingredients are in those, so I might be wrong. But so it could be an assumption. But it is an assumption. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably it for multivits. I don't think there's too much more to, to worry about. Um, we could go on to things like probiotics, but do we agree that there's just not enough evidence to, to really warrant anyone really taking a probiotic yet? Because obviously there's like a billion, billion, zillion strains that all have a you know, a potentially different outcome on different types of bacteria. That there, And there isn't enough research saying, this strain does this. So therefore, take this strain if you have this problem. Like there's just almost... Like the research that is out there, that's probably what you need to do is probably the point I'm making in that. I haven't looked into it very very deeply, as you can tell, so I can't really give too much more to it than this. But I know that what research is out there is very specific on specific strains, and those specific strains have shown specific outcomes. Therefore, you can only really count on taking that strain for that outcome. If you're trying to take that strain for a different outcome, then it's probably useless. I.e., one such strain might help people with Travers diarrhea, say, because it's just showed some improvement in GI like health and, and sh- shutting down diarrhea. But if you're taking it for other reasons, then there's no evidence to suggest that that's actually the reason to take it because there's no evidence. So the point I'm making is like you have to be quite specific. If you're taking probiotics, then you kind of need to make sure that you know you know why you're taking it, as in what outcome do you want, and there is evidence to back that outcome based on the specific strain you want to take. Does that make sense? It does indeed. It does indeed. Yeah. And if anybody claims to be a uh, probiotic expert, there's the probably far and few in between. Yeah, like uh, we, we've said it before, if you're if if you're an expert in gut health, you're probably not because there's yeah, maybe only a few in the world um, that actually know enough, and they will probably tell you themselves they don't know enough, which probably yeah. tells you that they are you know the experts in it rather than like you just said, the people that say I know it all, and clearly you don't because even the mm. people that do generally know the most don't know it all, and they will openly admit that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, a lot of reading to be done, a lot more yes. research to be done. Yes, um, I think that's it. The only other thing we mentioned was creatine. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, for health and uh, performance. Well, yeah, yeah, and this is the thing: creatine is mostly taken for performance, especially those who go to the gym and lifting weights, things like that. Um, improves cell swelling, so draws more kind of nutrients to the to the muscle cells. Um, 
to, to, to help with recovery basically so that that's kind of the reason why you'd want to take it for performance um but uh yeah sort of for health not many people really kind of go on about it so um we did we have spoken about creating a few times but again performance and there was a the whole hair loss thing and we decided this is why brett's bald um yeah we, yeah, and I stopped taking it as soon as we spoke about it. <laughs> what, what a risk of becoming bald? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just for that one bit of uh, hearsay. Um, but uh, it's also uh, thought that um, it can improve cognitive function um, and help with sleep deprivation as well. So yeah, maybe that, I need some this week because my sleep has been terrible. So that's the main thing with. I mean, obviously, is it? It's that the creatine is so well researched for performance, but not so much for kind of the health benefits. But there are some research coming out about health benefits, and like you say, cognitive function, memory. Um, there is some research shown that improved like mental or cognitive ability based on people that were sleep deprived and stuff like that. So if you're like struggling to sleep and you've got a heavy day in exam or heavy, heavy period of exams coming up, that type of thing. Maybe supplementing for creatine if you don't already is a good idea because it might start to help you with like remembering stuff and things like that. So, Yeah, um, but just pop in um, a scoop of it on the day of something you want to remember. Uh, it probably isn't going to work. Um, there's there's have, a kind of the whole loading argument, whether you need to, whether you don't need to. But um, you, you have yeah. to saturate cells, and that doesn't yeah. happen acutely by taking a scoop and shoving it in your mouth. Yeah, um, which is a weird way to take creatine. Why do people do this? Aidan Mackey, you are one that I've noticed that, do, that does this. So I'm blaming you and solely you and no one else. Although I know <laughs> people do it. I think Dan Mack did as well. Actually, I think basically I think they literally take a scoop of creatine, ah, in water down. Weird. That's weird. Although it doesn't mix very well. Um, it's well sort of uh, better now. Uh, better better now. now. However, I've got a tip as well. Ben, es- ben Escrow told me this. Um, I don't. I think he's actually just qualified as a chemist as well. Actually, bear in mind he owns a supplement company, but um, he told me this. If you and it makes absolute science, scientific, logical sense now. If you just use warmer water, so it doesn't have to be hot, but obviously like warm air water, because obviously the mm. molecules are moving faster in the water, it dissolves a lot quicker. So actually, if you use lightly warm water, and this is for your pre-workouts as well. If you struggle to get pre-workouts to, di- to, to dissolve, just use slightly warm water. Boom, dissolves perfectly. Creatine is that same. But drinking tepid water is minging. It's all right. Do, does anyone actually just like sip pre-workout or creatine anyway, or do you just down it? Uh, true, true. Yeah, exactly. True that, true that, true that. And uh, it also doesn't matter when you take it, if you are taking it for uh, performance benefits, you know, there's a whole, oh, well, should I take it with my pre-workout? kind of doesn't really matter. That's because it's often in pre-workouts. Well, yeah, like, exactly, yeah. So, yeah, check check your ingredients of what you're already taking. So Yeah, it doesn't need... Maybe, to, okay. Again, it's about saturating cells and not about acute effects. So, um, it doesn't matter when you take it. You don't have to take it, as I said. Right, I think we've done, don't you? Yeah, we've smashed that, I think. Yeah, um, hour 13, oh, my days. People are going to be pissed. And I want to get to bed. I've got to get up in less than seven hours. Ouch. Fuck, oh. yes. Um, I'm going to do one thing to play us out. That was good, wasn't it? I, I, you've still not told me the relevance of this or where it's from or anything. You mean Richard Blackwood? Yeah. Uh, we'll save it for another day. Thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We'll speak to you all next week. <laughs>